Episode 3 of my podcast, Tatami Room. This week's episode is called Teppo Matsuri. I want to thank everyone who's been tuning in so far over the last few weeks. Uh, I really appreciate all the feedback and the support. I want to start by saying that this week was an absolute blur for me. I got into the rhythm of the Japanese workplace where I just went to work for <laughs> what seemed like a very long time. Then I come home, eat, then I went to the gym, and then I come home, cook when I, I needed to, and then I'd repeat it all over again the next day. The weekend was really interesting, and I'll be talking about that as well. Um, I hope everyone also had a great week, and uh, everyone's been doing well. A quick uh, summary of the upcoming material that I have planned for today is the daily life section where I'll be covering skateboarding a segment on trash cans, and, of course, Teppo Matsuri, which is what the episode is named after. Uh, after that, we'll have a current events section where I'll be talking about rockets and moon landings, and uh, I'll be wrapping things up with the word and stat of the week in the outro, as per usual. I hope everyone um, enjoys listening to this episode, and without further ado, let's get started. <music> Alright everyone, welcome back and let's get started with the current events section. Um, the first thing that I wanted to talk about was uh, skateboarding and I kind of mentioned this last week that I got a skateboard. It was actually gifted to me by this uh, person I met. Um, and uh, so yeah, I've been skateboarding a little bit. It's uh, the board that I have, I think it's pretty good it's a chocolate brand board and it's not like one of the ones that you usually do tricks with it's a cruiser board I think it's more used to just kind of cruise around on the street um but I've been really enjoying it so far and I think <laughs> the question on everyone's minds is have I gotten injured and have I broken a bone um to to answer that no I'm good uh, don't worry mom I'm still doing all right I'm still kicking it um, I have a couple of scratches, uh, took a couple of tumbles, but I think it, it optically, if someone was watching, it looked a lot worse than it actually was. I just have a couple of scrapes right now, but, you know, judo teaches you how to fall and teaches you good balance. So I think that's been coming in clutch, uh, so far. Um, I've been skating to the gym and, uh, you know, I've been having a blast with it. So add it, to, add it to the list of things that I, I never thought that I'd be doing or get to do in skateboard, but here I am in Nishinomote just cruising around. Um, funnily enough, I was watching a random X Games video yesterday um, that was a, like a, be, the best skateboard trick competition and it featured Nigel Houston who's my favorite skateboarder just because he's the only one I know and uh, he's in this song where the guy goes call me Nigel Houston how I'm grinding and so that's like the song that I've been listening to or I used to listen to. Um, so I, I know Nigel Houston, and he was um, he was uh, competing against Yuta Horigome, 
Uh, he's this uh, Japanese guy who won, I think, the uh, skating uh, Olympics in Tokyo a couple years ago. Um, and actually, Utah ended up winning <laughs> in the video that I was watching. And funny enough, the next day when I was studying in a cafe, I ended up talking to someone um, who claimed they knew uh, Yuta Horigome. So I was like, <laughs> I'm getting more into the skateboard culture, I guess. Now, next, I kind of wanted to talk about a <laughs> frustration that I have or that I've encountered while I've been in Japan. And this is kind of a, a tip, I guess, if you ever plan on uh, coming to Japan or intend on uh, staying here for a bit, is there are no trash cans <laughs> like there are no trash cans to be found anywhere i think it stems from like a terrorist attack that took place uh sometime but <laughs> before the 2000s and so I, I get having like the increased caution or whatever but um coming from seattle it's been a little you know there's tra a bunch of trash cans public trash cans that you can use in seattle and coming from there it's been a little frustrating like having to carry my trash around or like trying to scavenge for a trash can here and there. Um, so if you're coming to Japan, be prepared that the trash cans are uh, far and uh, few between. So yeah, there are not really any trash cans around. Now I want to kind of move on to the main course, um, which is uh, the title of this episode, which is Teppo Matsuri or the uh, gun festival. Teppo means gun and matsuri means festival or um like carnival uh kind of and uh usually um japanese people or i think people uh like in japan it's common to have like a an end of the summer like celebration or festival or something like the matsuri and so that was it for uh nishino mote and actually i wrote my little synopsis for today's episode yesterday and Teppo Matsuri was today so I wasn't even going to mention it but it ended up being a really fun experience so um and now the entire episode is dedicated to it but the reason why like in a lot of some people might be wondering hey why is there a gun festival in Japan like guns aren't really used there like what's up with that is this like a American like southwestern like Texas AR-15 convention type gig um to cut to the chase no it's not <laughs> fortunately um and uh the, the whole reason like it's called a gun festival was because um it was in uh, nishinomote where guns were first introduced to all of japan so uh back in the day i uh, should have done more research but uh some portuguese uh, should have done more research as to when but some portuguese missionaries came uh to nishinomote um, and they introduced uh, guns to the island and to uh, to basically all of uh, all of Japan, uh, and so that's why there's sort of a gun festival. And uh, Tanagashima and Nishinomote in particular still maintains a relationship with uh, with Portugal because of that. But Teppo Matsuri was amazing. I started off the day going to this bakery, very delicious food, and it's incredibly cheap. So I mean, I'm just like this is this is perfect for me my favorite food that they make there is that there's a couple of cream puffs and they're very delicious also there's like a little window where you can kind of see them like baking the doing the entire baking process and like that's pretty cool it's a lot of <laughs> some transparency and then you can also just kind of watch i try not to stare though i feel like that'd be a little a little awkward but it's a new bakery and it's very delicious um 
Then there was a parade that went from 10 a.m. to uh, 12.30 p.m., I think. It was great, and I think it was, that one was the parade I think a lot of the school kids were in charge of, um, and they were coming out uh, in a lot of, like, traditional uh, clothing, and uh, they were also pushing these little... Um, I don't, I don't even know what to call them. There's like these little stands, I guess. Like one of them was a Kirby. One of them was like a pirate ship. Um, it was a lot of fun, but it was very hot and humid, which be prepared if you're coming to Japan about the humidity. You probably don't need me to tell you that, but just a heads up. As for me, actually, the humidity hasn't... I've, I've been liking the humidity for some reason. It's just like with my immune system it's it's good it's 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 working out but it was still very hot so after that my um this uh assistant language teacher friend of mine and i we decided to go up north to urada beach and i i left my phone um at home because well i didn't want to get uh sand and also i didn't want it to overheat also i don't need to text anyone so it's kind of like a free and away from technology which is nice but i'm kind of upset because it was very scenic is this cove it's about a kilometer long surrounded by this greenery of trees that have um, hibiscus flowers like bright red and pink hibiscus flowers like growing sandy beach very fine sand and like the water every shade of blue you can imagine like you got like turquoise baby blue like ominous navy pale blue it was yeah it was amazing and uh there's no sharks apparently the sharks only are only in the southern part of the island so it was it was just really like a serene scene and it was i hadn't gone swimming in a while and i went swimming the water incredibly warm like it's I am not kidding when I say that it's warmer than um my my shower water um I've been taking cold showers and that's not because I'm adhering to some like um strong man or like tough guy mentality or self-help thing I I just don't have hot water in my shower, which uh, <laughs> I need to get fixed. So sadly, I've been taking cold showers, which I've gotten used to them at this point. But it was kind of yeah surprising when the water in at the beach was literally warmer than what I used to shower. So that that was kind of funny. Um, and also, just kind of an interesting thing is turtles, like the sea turtles, they come and they lay their like nests here. So sometime in uh, the future, the little turtles are going to hatch and they're going to run from like up the beach all the way to the, you know, try to make it into the water. And so hopefully I'm able to catch that when it's like uh, turtle hatching time. After the beach, we um, went to another parade and we were able to catch these like Boston Dynamics robots. Um, I don't know if y'all are familiar, but Boston Dynamics is a bunch of like really cool like robots and like I think they're mostly used for like search and rescue and that's what they were for over here but it was this like mechanical dog and it was really cool because I got to see it it was like right in front of my eyes um 
my favorite part of the second parade was there's everyone is working really hard and doing their part and there's a bunch of dancers and people doing these exercises and doing taiko drums and stuff and everyone's sweating because it's really hot and then there's this one guy in this emperor costume who's being pushed on this like raised chair by like four of his friends or like four random people and he's just in this shaded like high chair with a fan just having the time of his life while everyone's just <laughs> really working really hard around him so i found that really funny um additionally apparently the ambassador to portugal was there um i had actually talked to him for a bit i don't know if this is the ambassador to like from portugal to all of japan or like a kagoshima uh, prefecture specific ambassador but he was there and i'm pretty sure that his parents were at the beach because i was like what are these two other white people doing over here? I don't recognize them from the island. Um, <laughs> so that was kind of funny. Uh, and then finally, I wanted to conclude this uh, section with the evenings program, which was a hanabi taikai. Um, it's a firework demonstration or firework event if i'm not mistaken but let me tell y'all like japan does not mess around with their fireworks this firework display rivaled that of like seattle's new year fireworks in my opinion it was 25 minutes of ceaseless fireworks in a night sky that is like unmarred by very heavy light pollution that i'm pretty sure that in this night sky it's so I mean, you can already see a lot more stars than when I'm in Seattle, but I'm pretty sure that there's like a little haze if you focus on a part of the sky, and it's not a cloud. I'm thinking it might be the Milky Way. I might also be <laughs> making a very um, false assumption there, but I think that it's very... so. The the point is that the <laughs> the fireworks look they're, they're just really popping out in in like this really cool night sky, um, and they went on for twenty five minutes at least. It was it was amazing. They were really cool. To give you kind of an idea, Redmond <laughs> and the area it's like a town close to Seattle. They don't even do a fireworks display anymore. They do like a five minute drone show. So. You know, no, give, give give me the 25 minute firework display it was it was awesome i had a lot of fun um watching it and so that's kind of how uh the teppo matsuri concluded i had an amazing time i think that you know these matsuri festivals in japan are a really cool event they showcase a lot of japanese cultural elements and it's also a great way to have some fun uh try some street food which I actually didn't get to try unfortunately but um no i had a lot of fun and uh with that being said let's proceed to the next section after a short break all right everyone welcome back to the current events segment of the show where i'll be talking about space programs and rocket launches uh again <laughs> shout out to the economist for giving me the idea for this segment um but I wanted to start by saying that right now there's actually a space race, I don't know if you could call it that, to the southern pole of the moon. Uh, the southern pole is important because it's kind of in this, um, like, it's always uh, in shadow and so we can't really see it. 
And if we were able to explore there, we could potentially find water, which water is really important if uh, people want to build bases on the moon and send rockets from the moon into other parts of space. So potentially some very big finds uh, to be had uh, at the Southern Pole. And there's two kind of parties in play um, or there were two parties in play for this, um, one of them being India and the other being Russia. Um, they were kind of taking two different approaches. So India's mission called the Chandrayaan-3 launched July 15th, and it's supposed to land in, on August 23rd, and it has this kind of taking it slow approach. Meanwhile, Russia's Luna 25, which is made by uh, Russia's publicly funded uh, space program, Roscosmos, launched on uh, August 11th. And it's for Russia's first mission to the moon in almost 50 years, which is pretty cool. But it unfortunately crashed today, which is August 20th. They still don't really know the exact reason as to why or what happened. Um, I think it's kind of unfortunate that uh, it, the mission failed because I think space is important for you know the future of humans. Um, and space agencies collaborate a lot. So I'm not the biggest fan of the Russian state, but still kind of a shame to see the Roscosmos mission fail. However, uh, Chandrayaan-3 is uh, still good to go um, as of this moment, and so it should be landing sometime this week. Uh, additionally, um, I wanted to talk about space programs and space launches because as some of you may already know, um, Tanegashima or Minametane, which is Minamitane, sorry, uh, the southernmost city on Tanegashima is actually home to a JAXA base, that is the Japan Aerospace and Exploration Agency. And soon, actually um, next Saturday, August 26th, they will be launching SLIM, which is the smart lander for investigation moon. Uh, and it's the first attempt of JAXA to land on the moon. I don't think they're particularly going for the South Pole, but their main aim is to have like a precision landing. And so if they can kind of dial precision landings in, that'd be kind of a valuable asset to have in the future. And it launches on August 26th uh, from Tanegashima Minamitane, like I said. So I had the potential to witness a rocket launch for the first time. And I was really excited to go. And then I realized that I'm going to be in Kagoshima next week attending an orientation and a Japanese learning course. So I will, in a, the course ends Friday, but I'm taking the ferry back on uh, Saturday, uh, Saturday midday, and the rocket launch is supposed to be in the morning unless they delay it. I'm not sure, but I'm kind of sad because, excuse me, I'll be missing out on a rocket launch, which, you know, darn. Uh, apparently they do have them about every six months or so, so hopefully I can make the next one, but still kind of a bummer. <laughs> Additionally, I was gonna, I was gonna add this because I, I found this hilarious. I mentioned it to my supervisor and I was like, oh man, this is kind of a bummer that I can't, I can't go to the rocket launch. And he's like, well, you have TV, right? And uh, we can just put it on TV for you. And I'm like, that's that is so not the point i yeah i can watch a million rocket launches on tv but you know being there in person would be a lot better um so that, i i was i don't know 
what he was thinking um, when when he said that, but maybe he was just trying to help. But anyway, yeah, so hopefully the Chandrayaan-3 um, makes a successful landing on the moon on August, 23rd, uh, August 23rd, and uh, hopefully next week's um, JAXA mission, SLIM, also proceeds according to plan. I think the last um, launch from uh, Tanegashima actually failed, so hopefully uh, this one uh, goes smooth. But yeah, that's the current events section for this week. I hope you enjoyed this little bit on uh, rocket launches and moon landings. And uh, with that, let's, uh, let's cut to the outro. All right, thank you everyone who's made it this far into the podcast. I appreciate each and every single one of you. Let's cut to my favorite segments, which are the word and the stat of the week. The word this week is saiyaku. Uh, saiyaku, which means disaster or calamity. The inspiration behind this word is I've been hearing my coworker uh, at work say it. He'll make like a mistake on a paper that he's writing or document that he's editing, and I'll just hear like, ah, saiyaku. Um, I think the connotation is more like a really bad disaster or, or something, like an earthquake could be like a saiyaku. Um, but I think you can also kind of just use it as like, oh, I, I messed up or made a mistake. But every time I hear it, I just kind of, I, I kind of laugh with, I don't know. It's, uh, it, I, I didn't know what, what it meant the first time I heard it, but uh, it's something new that I learned this week. So that's your, uh, word of the week, sayaku. Your stat of the week this week is 56, which is the amount of new kanji that I've quote-unquote learned. <laughs> Learning kanji, um, very difficult, I think. So the 56 that I learned this week, I know, like, if I see it, I, I'll know what it means. Like, I'll, I know what it represents, at least. But the way kanji works is you have two readings. One is the kunyomi, one is the onyomi, and uh, you can have multiple of each, uh, depending on the context that the character is in the the way you say it uh cha- or the way you read it changes and so i haven't memorized all the kun and the onyomi respectively for all the characters like <laughs> there's some characters that'll have like two onyomi and like six different kunyomi and i'm just like oh my gosh this is overwhelming but i'm getting there i'm just gonna keep drilling my flashcards some more this week and really uh burn them into memory um these are from the n3 level um n5 being the lowest and n1 being basically fluent um i still not 100 percent with n4 and n5 but i i think i'm i'm pretty close i just said screw it i'll start n3 um and doing the n3 test that's kind of my big goal for the year so hopefully i kind of i'm able to accomplish that um as soon as possible in any case uh thank you all for tuning into this week's episode i'll have some exciting content for y'all next week that'll cover um my days in kagoshima um where i'll be attending an orientation and then doing a uh, japanese language learning course I'll be back in Tanegashima on Saturday, so unfortunately missed the rocket launch, but I should have a bunch of content for you all. In any case, thank you for tuning in to Tatami Room, Episode 3, Teppo Matsuri. I hope you all enjoyed it. I hope you all had a great week this week, and I hope you have a great week next week as well. Again, thanks for listening. Um, Peace and love.